You are listening to KBOO Portland. The time is 7 o'clock in the p.m. And next is Keeping It Real. Uh, tonight we are re-airing an episode from November of 2018. This is just a couple of months ago. This is going to be Keeping It Real in just a few minutes, so stay tuned. This is your community radio station, KBOO Portland. KBOO Community Radio is requesting proposals for a grant writer to provide ongoing grant writing services and application support. This is a one-year contract position for 200 hours compensated at $25 an hour. Proposals must be submitted electronically to Delphine Crescenzo, station manager at Dell, that's D-E-L, at kbu.fm. Proposals are due Friday, January 4th at 5 p.m. Responsibilities, background information, the scope of work, and proposal requirements can be found at kboo.fm slash grantwriter2018. KBOO Community Radio is proud to co-sponsor a screening of the film From Shock to Awe, A Journey of Hope and Transformation on Thursday, January 10th at 7 p.m. at Regal Cinema's Pioneer Place in Portland. The film hosts the path of two combat veterans from the Iraq War as they live with post-traumatic stress, the lack of effective treatment, and their search for healing. This is a crowdsourced event and tickets are currently available for purchase. There will be a brief Q&A following the film. Again, that's a screening of the film From Shock to Awe, A Journey of Hope and Transformation on Thursday, January 10th at 7 p.m. at Regal Cinemas Pioneer Place, 340 Southwest Morrison Street in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right-hand side of the homepage under Community Events. Destination of death. When I'm laying the rest, I'm only saving my breath. The northwest fills the lungs, kills the pain in my chest. Take six quarters out of the pocket and drop it in the box. Hop the 48 off to pay homage. It stops off and I jot my observations. Watching citizens walking off of the Joe Metropolitan. Yeah. Proletarians and wayward sons with old Filipino men speaking in their native tongue. And the day has just begun. Greeted by the scent of a bum, smelling something like beer, barf, and dung. A brother in Jabos in the back, all alone, marinating. And in a pair of half-broken headphones Mumbling rhymes Same time begin to pen mine Appreciating God's design Rewind sister Reminds me of a smile in the back of my memory Wonder if I see her again Will she remember me? I'm not trying to holler, I swear I'm just weary of the way we hop a ride And just sit there and stare Prepare for my 9 o'clock work meeting A couple pale folks slide right by with no Yo, Portland What's going on? We're back with another episode of Keeping It Real Shout out to Nick Deasy He's not present with us He's been busy lately, but still got love for you, young DZ. And, you know, you still got a space here. Um, other than that, I have a couple of important guests today. One is on the way. However, the other 
none other than my brother, <laughs> Ill Will. <laughs> Thank you. What's going on, man? Welcome to the family. Man, I really appreciate it. How you doing, man? What's going on? What's new? It's been a while. Man, um, I've been I just been back in Portland for about six months. I finished uh -huh. a master's of teaching English program in New York at Columbia. Okay. And so I got some different experiences there that I can relate to my experiences working here in, in Portland in the North Portland community. And man, you asked me a question earlier, mm -hmm. and I and I would like to answer that, but I also want to keep it balanced. So I'm okay. gonna throughout this somehow find a question that I can ask you. Okay, sounds good. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so what's up? So, you know, uh, this is not your first time here, right? And last time you came here, we talked a lot about gentrification. Uh, we talked about, you know, your your work in, you know, in, uh, in North Portland. And we also just kind of, you know, touched up on uh, some of the impact that you've been able to make, you know, for your younger kids um, in the community. Um, and now, you know, you you got your master's degree. Um, you know, you've had a couple of months, uh, you know, about six months back in Portland. Um, so let's talk a, a little bit about your, like, perspective, right? Um, usually people get their degrees and then go into job search and all that stress that comes with that. What have you been doing? So... I have kind of an unorthodox path and um, truthfully I haven't shared this with that many people, only people that's close to me, but I'm going through some physical and mental things right now that is partly in my control, which I feel empowered and partly is out of my control, which is a bit scary. And anybody, I'm living at home with my parents right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not working a full-time job. And for anybody that has to take a deviation on their path that they think is linear that they're just keeping on rising um i'll say to you keep going stay strong it's not always linear right and that's kind of a daily um a daily challenge for me but what i have been doing is keeping my mind really focused on what uh what my values are um and that is really has been highlighted um by this recent election so um I've been kind of trying to stay in uh, with activism, mm -hmm. bit, did a couple canvases um, and have been so got to talk to a lot of people uh, about their about democracy, about the voting process. Um, and then just kind of congratulating people for participating. Um, it's really tough when you meet someone who feels like they are disenfranchised, that their voice does not count that they are kind of invisible and can't impact their life or the life of others. And so one thing, so what I've been, you asked me, I don't want to stray from your question. What I've been up to has been really thinking about different ways that teachers can approach the classroom and approach students or just generally uh, a community that has power. Let's say the teachers are, um, an adult community that has some type of power or direction that uh, makes them stable in society, mm -hmm. helping a population, youth overall, underserved youth even more importantly, uh, that doesn't have much agency or, or power. And how can that classroom dynamic help uh, the students feel like they are going to attain that 
and already really already possess a lot of that right so what i've been thinking about is um just how each person's human experience is automatically a book of knowledge that is valuable not just to that teacher in the classroom to their peers to many others if they're willing to look at themselves critically and appreciate themselves and then appreciate the other youth that are going through the same thing with them this leads me to the greater uh kind of more all-encompassing human experience if you can see that someone else has gone through something that's even remotely similar to you that is uh that's a connection and i think that that's worth fighting for um but one th- one thing that i'll share um that these elections you you've probably been hearing <laughs> about <laughs> elections all day so hey. people might be tired of it but um i ran into a friend um an old acquaintance uh, who is Andrea Miller. She's director of CAUSA, uh-huh. a nonprofit organization um, that works to advocate for communities okay. and help them participate in democracy as well. And it was a brief exchange. We're not super close, but I just saw her and I, I support her and I support her work. Um, and she, I just asked her how it was going, how the campaign was going. And she said, currently we are just focusing on Measure 105. Mm-hmm. which was a measure, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that was brought to the ballot by a conservative group um, that is repealing a law that that was trying to repeal a law that um, made Oregon a sanctuary state. Yeah. Um, essentially, if that law would have, if that measure would have passed, it would have allowed police officers to racially profile Mm -hmm. which would have disproportionately affected immigrants that are undocumented and so and i'm I'm a bit emotional about this honestly um she said that's the only thing that they're focusing on in a race that had an election that had a lot of uh important measures going on and i'm thinking wow like all these other measures could use your support as well but i really thought about it she didn't make that decision lightly. Um, that is the, to me, the most important takeaway from yesterday's results mm-hmm. is she wanted to focus on a measure that if it was voted no, would make a huge statement that we as a people are not going to accept other people. Basically, we're not going to accept other people being abused and being labeled and judged and um other we won't accept it for ourselves right. because many voters were thinking this could be me but many voters were also thinking that could be my neighbor yeah that could be someone that i don't even know right. but i don't even want to hear about it i don't want this to happen at all and so and that was i don't remember the percentage points but it was smashed it was no way yeah um that it was no to to clarify it was no way that there that the people of Oregon were going to accept there to be racial profiling here right right um and so that really struck me because that's at the core to me of all these other issues right and I, and I constantly when I'm thinking about democracy and thinking about um I mean what what democracy supposedly is yeah and and what it can be if it really is upheld yeah 
um, it can be representative. It can be fair. And the reason why that measure, I think, was the most important one and, and kind of a statement, really kind of a statement of a movement and a, a cultural change uh, in, in Oregon, or, or perhaps we see ripple effects across the country, is because affordable housing measure, um, taxing um, corporations on, on yeah. groceries. Yeah. These things seem like they're kind of disconnected, but really it's, um, to me, uh, deconcentrating mm -hmm. the power and money, which will go back into people, the people that need it, and help people to have a fair in existence and have freedom. So if, let's say, one of, if, if 105, it didn't pass, so that means that uh, we don't want to see um, that, that's, that it's unacceptable to treat people that way right. in a face-to-face -face manner and with potential deportation, really severe things. It's also un unacceptable to treat people in a way that they're not able to have a home and a roof like a and a steady place to right, stay right. without the threat of displacement, without right. the threat of in five to 10 years, your rent getting raised, groceries too expensive, different things like that. Um, so it, to me, if I've articulated that clearly, what I'm trying to say is I think that they're related. If you can see someone as a deserving person that is at least in some way similar to you, mm -hmm. shares some type of joy, triumph, sorrow, like, just like you, then you would like for them to also be able to have a stable home right and right. a stable path to the future basic human rights is basic it seems basic, basic human rights yes right at its own like at the very core to some it's radical deserves a home everybody deserves you know affordable affordable housing you know what i'm saying food on the table the right to uh, reproductive rights yeah and and you know like Men cannot be telling women what to do with their bodies. I, I'm sorry, I don't understand that, right? Um, and speaking of women, we have a very powerful uh, woman who just <coughs> stepped on the scene. Uh, we have Miriam here with us. What's up, Miriam? How you doing? What's up? What's up? I'm good. Welcome I'm to good. Keeping It Real. Thank you. It's good uh, to be here. This is your first time here, right? It is. It is. All it's right. my first time. It's amazing. I, a lot of, I told people I was coming here, and they, they were like, happy me. I'm like, yes, do it. Tell me how, oh. you know, tell me how it is. And yeah, so thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Miriam is also an educator. Uh, she works with me. Turn up. Um, and... Um, you know, we both have similar stories in which, you know, both born in the Middle East and made it here, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and work in the same building. And work in, in the, the same, same school. That is beautiful. The same amazing lives. Like, and what? You know what I'm what? saying? <laughs> and Arabic is a language being taught there uh -huh. now. I'm so happy. Watch out, Portland. Watch, Watch out. out. <laughs> so, Miriam, I'm going to talk about a few things that uh, mm -hmm. Will here has touched up on. Will is yeah. also a person who's into education, um, a good friend of mine. Um, and, you know, and I want to hear your perspective on a few of those issues as well, right? Um, so the first thing uh, we talked about was Will just finished his master's in New York. Uh, New Yorkers here. Hey, New, New York in the house. Yes. Where at? Uh, Columbia. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, so Congrats, they both yeah. finished. Right? So yeah. Will finished his degree and came back to Portland. And we were yeah. just talking about this because there is a lot of, like, societal stresses, right, on, you know what I'm saying, people to you need to go to college, you need to find a job, and blah, blah, blah. But the idea is that um, you always have to find 
you know what I'm saying, a place where you feel comfortable, where, you know what I'm saying, you're invested. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it has to be the right timing, right? You can't rush things. And what I really like about Will is the idea that he's doing it his way, right? Um, mm-hmm. He's not doing it how anybody else is doing it. He's doing it how Will would do it. Um, that comes with this idea that we talked about of balance, right? Um Will is into music and, you know what I'm saying, has, has been exploring that path. Um, and on the other lane, he's been also, like, working part-time and just looking into education and, right, you right. know, um, trying to empower youth the same way he was doing before he left here um, and in New York. But with that, we came to the elections, mm-hmm. right? Um, first of all, um, so many women. Yes, ladies. Yes. Were elected, oh my God. Yeah. Right. This is a huge yeah. step to me. Yeah. I think women are, and women of color. Bo- and yeah. women of color. Yeah. And the, the barriers are being broken down. Yeah. Right. Uh, is it the end of the road? No. <laughs> right. Yeah. But we're making progress, I believe. And at the same time, we're talking about a couple of the measures, um, you know, that were in the ballot. Right. Right. Um, and got voted on yesterday. And one of those was 105. Yeah. Um, uh, which was about the sanctuary state in Portland, right? right, right. But the other was, uh, there was also one about um, uh, remind the 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 food, the right? Food, the the food taxes, yeah, the tax. and then um, what was the last one? There was affordable housing. Affordable housing. housing. Yeah, and so with all of these measures yeah. in place too, right? Um, we were just looking at the holistic approach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, saying that. The sanctuary state, Measure 105, was at the heart of all those things, right? Mm, Yeah. Um, Because if that, you know what I'm saying, if if Oregon's no longer a sanctuary state, um, then that displaces many people, right? Yeah. And as educators, we see what it's like when kids are not showing up to school because they're afraid of ICE or, you know. And to me, that's heartbreaking, right? Some of these kids depend on... Uh, you know what I'm saying, the school to provide them with education, but also with food and a safe place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so coming from a place of education, being an immigrant, mm-hmm. how does, how, what, what, what are some of your views on this? And also being a colored woman. Right, right. I think, I, I mean, um, first of all, I want to give a big shout out to like, I, I love when people get an education and go back. Whatever go whatever back means, and back can mean so many different things. It doesn't have to be a physical location, but just going back and kind of doing it your own way and um, reappropriating those institutional forces mm-hmm. to have these conversations or to to integrate it between music, education, whatever that brings you together, that brings your people and all your peoples together. So just thank you. I don't know. I didn't even I know the rest of your that. journey, thank but you. that sounded that that was you know that just like. It's made me feel affirmed mm-hmm. you know it made, when the more you hear it if you're trying to do that more like yes yes i see you you see me you know yeah. of trying to reappropriate like institutional power towards um towards something revolutionary really or something radical and that's you know the i think like what the way that i've been thinking a lot about those measures is m- the act of voting on those measures more than the actual measures this time I think like the measures are definitely um, it's interesting that the series of measures that I saw on the ballot yesterday and this is my first year of voting in Portland right. you know um, Congrats. Turn <laughs> thank up. you thank you <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, the way that you know I feel like they were all measures that reminded me of 
all these conversations I've been hearing since I moved here where it's like Portland has this image of pretending to be progressive or actually being about what it what it purports to be like as far as the the image of it right. you know it relates to uh, there was one that was directly related to economics and taxation mm-hmm. one that's relating to housing and displacement and i one and i'm going to pause there about the, with the one on housing displacement and also on being a sanctuary state i was so bummed my first year in portland because i didn't hear the word gentrification being mentioned as much as I've seen it happen. Mm. And that was different from Brooklyn. And that was different from Florida. Like the couple of, the, the half my life that I lived in the US, I felt like I heard the word as much as I've seen it happen. I heard the critique. I heard the pushback. I even heard the defenses. Mm-hmm. And here it was like, there was deaf right? tone. Yeah, yeah, there was a silence mm-hmm. until I started to seek out the communities where I felt resonance. And that's when I started to hear it. And, it's, and that made me realize I don't even think that imi- when it comes to the image of Portland, I think it actually does a disservice to the radical communities here. Mm-hmm. It's not so much that, yes, Portland, you can say that it's more conservative than a certain image it gives, but you can also say the opposite. It's That image is more conservative than what right. the actual radical communities are doing inside Portland. Right. These radical communities are underrepresented. Like it's not, it's much better than what you would think of as a liberal utopia. It's even better than that. It has its radical communities. They're just not, It, it's like not the image that a city would want if it wants to be like the, per, like the, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it doesn't go the on the tour guide. Exactly, uh, it doesn't yeah. go on the tour guide. They want it to seem like safe and, and friendly, right? Right. But, but these are issues that exactly. is affecting people. Um, I know I have somebody on the phone, somebody special that is. Um, Nick Deasy, what's going on, my man? What's up, bro? What's up with you? We miss you. <laughs> Man, I've been working a lot, bro. I wish I could be there. Hey, you know what? Your presence has always felt here, my brother. What's What's going on with you? How is my brother doing? I'm doing good, bad, good. Hey, you know, this is part of adulting, right? Adulting has hit you hard, but, you know, we're, we're rooting for you. Thank you, bro. Yeah, just, uh, I want to be back too, but... I got too much going on right now that I gotta stay working so I can be ready. Okay, uh, let me ask you a quick question, man. Um, what's new with you, man? T- let's let's talk about your growth real quick. My world. Your growth, yeah. Like, what's going on? I heard Blue Ivy got hurt. I'm sorry, that's his car, people. Oh you know how much Nick Dizzy loved that's his car. My baby. <laughs> uh, we we got hit by someone. Um, she got like frame damage and you know she's all right i I got most of the dent out okay um took some cutting compound a little bit of paint she's looking better but you know at the end of the day everyone in my car was good and the other driver who hit us was good so that's all that matters that's good i'm glad you you're looking at it from such a positive and, and a healthy perspective um yeah so when should the people expect you back over here Bro, I don't know. I mean, I, I got, I got. Well, I'm just saying, I got my family moving. Everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be the only one here on, the, on this side of the state. So. Okay. Um, everyone else is, everyone else is moving out to almost Idaho. Oh man, that's deep. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm getting into a new place, and you're not leaving, are you? Because you know I'm. No, bro. I'm not letting I, you. I, I'm saying, I'm staying here. That, that, that's why I've been working so much, man. It's to see if I can get into a place. Um. I got one right now, but I'm staying. Um, my family should be moving here soon. Okay. The house is hopefully going to sell soon. Um, you know, it's 
Uh, I got to look at it like, you know, the, the only high school I really know since I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not going to be ours no more, but they're doing it to better them. It, it was hard to to accept, you know, my mom said that she was going to stay here and just let everyone go, and she was going to stay here with me, but I, I with them, told her, like, Mom, I, you know, I, I can't work on 124th and Division and be way out here and yeah. come to the North to make sure she's okay 24 7 so I'm with the money right and um she, she, she's going out with them too that's good man you know and you know uh your family means a lot to me you know and i see your mom on daily yeah. basis on her way to get her coffee in the morning and you know i'm 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 very happy that you're doing the responsible thing and you want your mom to be good you know at the same yeah. time i want you to make sure that you're doing your self-care that you you know like that you're getting the rest you need don't let that stress get you. Oh man, I'm good, bro. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm not gonna. Hey, that's you know, good. I'm, I'm not gonna say that I'm not worrying, but my worries are gone now that I know she's not gonna be here no more, and she's gonna be somewhere where the most stuff that goes on in that neighborhood is, you know, someone's riding their little four wheeler. That's good, and you know, we got nothing but love for you, brother. I can't man, wait for you to be back. <laughs> I can't wait to be back, man. I still love this film. I still tell everyone about it. Hey, you know still, that's you know, that's the Nadezi and Aron show. Man, you know I still wear that t-shirt. <laughs> I still wear that t-shirt that we got, bro. Me too. I still got the beanie too, but my head got a little bit bigger than it. So you're gonna man, have to make mine's a new been one. big. <laughs> well, my <laughs> the brother, beanie didn't fit after I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get you back. Um, you know, I got nothing but love for you, but we're gonna continue this conversation, okay? Yeah. All right. man, man, much love to you guys, to Cable, to everyone. Everyone have a great night. Drive safe, everything. Will do, brother. Much love to you, too. All right, bro. Take care. All right, man. All right, bye-bye. So y'all heard from Nick Deasy. He's one of the staples of this show, of course. You know, he's the, the, the other leg. Um, and so well, we're going to head back to our conversation. Uh, Miriam, you made many good points, and I'm sorry we... You know, we had to take care of this phone conversation. That was a pleasure. But, no, I love that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, sorry for interrupting you. But yeah, no, go ahead and, and carry on. So, yeah. you know, you talked about that gentrification, right? And you said that in Portland, which is something, you know, that I also recognize, and I'm sure a lot of other Portlandians do, um, it's hidden, mm-hmm. right? Just like many other problems yeah. in Portland, whether it's trafficking and, and, and gang violence, right? Exactly. Um, and I think that there is this touristy side to Portland that the city loves to show right but these are all issues if not taken care of it could get worse right which is it's already bad right um and so i i'm not sure what it was like in new york and i have two people here who's lived in the city right for at least a year plus right so this is a open-ended question to both of you what when you compare those two right where, where does for like where does portland fall on that spectrum and like what do y'all think are some of the ways we can combat those things I'll say something short and I think that you can blow it up you can expand it mm-hmm. one thing about I'm a native Portlander I spent the last two years in New York got a taste but I really Portland is my home when I see what I saw in New York with gentrification I lived in Harlem near right Harlem Columbia area yeah um there's a you can see they just got a Whole Foods yeah. the rents are rising there's a Soha Realty 
South Harlem. Mm-hmm. Residents of Harlem had no there's there's never there's no such thing as Soha. Exactly. So these things are happening and but there's so many people that are so established that the com- communities are just from sheer population density are able to maintain some semblance of community. In Portland, if you are a family on one block and another family that is of your racial or cultural affinity moves off, you feel that because that there might not be that many. Mm. The density is not uh, the same. So I think that in terms of there's that aspect and then in terms of the visual, when a lot of people think of Portland as a lot of people that move here, I feel like think, oh, Portland was just a little podunk town. There was nothing even here before. Right. And so when you see a block that had single story homes, that was a calm block. And now it's uh, has these two and three story block houses with no yards and the trees have been cut down. The visual onslaught of that is really striking as well. It's not only do I not see people that look like me in in the neighborhood anymore it's that I don't even recognize my friend's old house or um, Mm. it's I think the visual component is a little stronger in Portland than it is in New York what do you think about that that was really well said I um, I focused more like in my mind on the visual component and now you gave me something to think about too with um, just that feeling of that you know kind of like um, the assumption of a vacuum of community and really it's more intentional it's more like it's like sometimes it it does feel like an intentional disfranchisement of a community you know instead of just a vacuum instead of like it's never here and then you know i spend a little longer here and i find out about the history of portland whether it's listening to people research and i find out it was here Mm -hmm. you know but there's the assumption that it was never here to begin with Uh whereas in new york it leaves a dent if you're going to kick some people out they're going to leave a dent like and because of the you know and it could be i'm not really sure because of like what the reasons that provide for that dent to be possible are uh-huh. but i like what you said about the density i think that could be part of it and yeah but okay i heard that there was a phone yeah call. we have we have a caller and after and that we're going to take a break and play a song by fkj called um uh what was it called not waiting 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 featuring madeline grant waiting. there we'll go um so dempsey's on the phone with us how you doing I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Good, good. So what do you have for us today, Dempsey? Well, um, I, I live in Salem, but uh, Portland's, you know, it's my home. I grew up uh, in the Irving area. Okay. Uh, graduated from Jefferson High School. Jeff, okay. A year after that, um, 1988, um, around that time, the, the skinheads were starting to become more militant and more racist. And they're going around attacking people in Portland whenever if they saw an Asian person or a, or if they thought someone was a Jew or someone's black, they're right. attacking people. Uh-huh. And uh, that's that's when Mulugeta uh, Sarah, yep. Ethiopian uh, immigrant, yeah. he was uh, he was a college student. He was working, and he's escaping violence, mm-hmm. trying to make a better life. But he ended up um, being killed on the streets of Portland by racist skinheads and. Uh, there's a commemoration for him next week on Tuesday. I know that KBU sponsoring Urban League is hosting, and there's a bunch of other people sponsoring. And I, I wanted the opportunity to, you know, promote a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, what you know, time I, is it? 
Uh, it is uh, two, next week, Tuesday. Uh-huh. It's starting at 9 in the morning. Um, I, I don't have the address with me, but you, if people want to know more information, they can go to the Urban League website, but they can also go on Facebook and like search Urban League, and you'll see that. Okay. Um, and especially, I know that they really want Portland's young people to show up. Okay. It's kind of um, a hard thing to, you know, because it's during the school day. It's going to be hard for them to get out. But I know that, you know, it's really important for the young people in Portland to know about these things and have the opportunity to let their voices be heard. You know, you know, Dempsey, that's a, a very important point. And I think uh, one thing that three of us teachers here can agree on is that we all love field trips. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, we're going to look into that, too. Um, now, you said that you grew up uh, you know in the Jeff er- Jefferson area right that's the north yeah. northeast mm-hmm. portland right and yes, I do. and you know uh, based on your uh, experiences uh how how many years would you say you lived in portland uh it's hard to say my my family moved from california when i was real small okay. so um and uh i came to irving neighborhood when i was probably like 4 Five okay. years old, something like that. Okay, and have you had the chance to drive through that same neighborhood today, like in this in this time? Oh, yeah. And uh, what did you it's think? Not what I remember, you know, it's not like when I grew up. My my neighborhood was a mostly African American neighborhood. Um, and then I left the country. I was living in Taiwan for twelve years, okay. and during the time I was gone, once in a while I would come back and I would look around and say, "Where are my neighbors at?" Man, they were either. There were old people who were retired or died or they 